Welcome to Teachers in America, a production of HMH, where we celebrate teachers and recognize their triumphs, challenges, sacrifices, and dedication to students. I'm the Senior Director of Community Engagement, Noelle Morris. School is almost back in session, so we're starting off the school year with bite-sized episodes that feature back-to-school tips from your favorite former guests. Today, we're joined once again by my dear friend, Tony Jackson, a fourth-grade teacher in Hackensack, New Jersey. From poetry to puppetry, Tony loves to bring his passion for the arts into his teaching practice. And as a self-proclaimed teacher MC, he makes the classroom an engaging space for all. In this mini-sode, Tony will share how you can become a master of ceremonies in your own classroom so you can hype up your class and empower students by sharing the stage. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, Teachers in America audience, I'm so excited to welcome back my friend Tony Jackson to this special back to school episode. What's been happening, Tony? Noel, what's up? I'm so happy to be back um, in so many ways. I have been doing my thing. I have been, you know, resting and relaxing, but also learning and growing because that's something I got to do consistently to be the best me for all of my students. So, you know, that's, that's what I've been up to you know, we have to say as we're coming back to school. And one of the things I can already hear, potentially knowing your skill set as a teacher MC, that you would be using those words. And so define define teacher MC to our audience in case they weren't able to listen to our last episode. Absolutely. Uh, So, uh, you know, as an MC, I love hip hop and hip hop culture. Um, I like to rap. um, And I also bring that into the classroom as an educator. So as an MC, it, it, it hits in so many different ways, right? Like the actual term MC is master of ceremony. And so, you know, you're kind of in charge of the show, right? But we're also the mic controller, right? So it's us making sure that we're we're making sure that our voice is heard, but also that that mic is being passed around to our students as well, right? We're master cultivators, you know, we're moving the culture and the content. So all, all of that, like MC can be combinated in so many different ways, um, but that that's what it is. It's, it's who we are and knowing that, you know, it is not us putting on a show, but it's us cultivating that, that culture and environment for our students. And, you know, a master of ceremonies, uh, an MC, as Dr. Chris Emden has talked to both me and you about, um, is starts with that knowledge of self. And it also has where you have the vision of where you want to move that crowd, right? So you have 180 days with your new crowd, which is your class. You know where you want to be at the end of the school year, and you just get to envision that each day and bring the spice, bring the voice. But I love what you're saying about making sure you share the mic. Oh, oh, that's that's a necessity. <laughs> that's a necessity because when we say move the crowd, right, we, we want our students to be to be moved, right? And and I am so moved and so fortunate to have benefited from uh, you know, the the wisdom of Dr. Emden and, and so many others, um, that that is something that I, I never forget about. We want to move the crowd. But like you said, we have to make sure that we're not the only ones holding that mic, because when we when we move students, we want them to be able to move culture. Right. So we move them so that they can make bigger moves beyond us. And it doesn't just stay in the classroom. 
totally. Like, get the message out. Keep spreading it. Yes. Um, and a great MC, like, has a hype man, right? Well, oh, yes. A hype person. So how do you find where your hype is in that first week of school? Okay, so you got to go from the KOS, the knowledge of self, to the, the other KOS, the knowledge of students, right? The stronger your connections to each student, the more you're going to learn about them and how they can be, how they can be that hype person, right? Because it's not going to look the same from everybody, right? You know, I had one student who used to leave me a post-it and would say like, that joke you told was really funny. And that's how she hyped me up. You know, but there's other students that in the moment they will clap or they'll call out something that, uh, you know, that just amplifies something that you've said or that gets everybody going. So having that knowledge of your students is essential. Totally. And your hype man can be the student that helps bring in other students who aren't engaged, right? Because they might have a relationship with that student that you're still developing. Let your hype man bring them in. Oh, oh, 100%. This is speaking to the teacher MCs, right? They're not there just to hype you up. You know, they're there to hype up the content, to hype up the culture, to hype up the class. Like it's it's not just for you. Now, I don't need a student to to tell me, you know, that I'm doing something great. Um if they do, then I appreciate that, right? But I want to make sure that that hype is not just wasted on me. I want them to hype up the the whole environment. So Tony, when we think about Also not comparing ourselves, right? Because there's so many different MCs out there. Yeah. Um, And you have, like like I was saying, you have 180 days. So even if you had a rough moment on day two of the first week, it's not going to crush the spirit of the whole day, but for the whole year. So in your advice... When you think about your expectations, when you're giving advice to other teachers about, you know, everybody's about the first week, the first day, the first two weeks, it's all about the first. How over your 17 years of teaching, going into year 18, have you learned to let go of something that didn't work because you have another moment tomorrow? I think that's super important. One way that it works for me is I think about it in the way, again, like as an MC and as a writer, I think about it the way that I write a verse, right? I have 16 lines and, you know, this this is poetry. This is me trying to pack as much as I can into a verse or into a song. And if I only focus and say it's a success, if, you know, like it went exactly the way I wanted it, Like, that's impossible. It's not going to be for everybody. But if I look at, oh, wait, okay, this line was crazy. This metaphor was amazing. The chorus on that was dope. And we do that with songs that we love too, right? So I I think that when I'm looking at myself as a teacher and my practice, I'm trying to find those wins. I'm trying to find the things that really came across. Maybe it was one line out of four that my kids really latched onto. Like maybe it was a really great project that we did, but you know, the the following lesson the next day didn't really hit. Then I still have something to shoot for. 
You know, I'm like, okay, well, let me go back and see how I can make this even better. And I have something to look at that tells me I know I can bring amazing things into this room. So don't lose the amazing stuff for, you know, for the misses. Those are just chances to make it even better. Hey, teacher friends, if you're an HMH user, did you know you have access to Teacher's Corner on Ed? Included with every HMH program, Teacher's Corner is a community of teachers, learning experts, and coaches gathered in one place to support you with a new kind of professional learning, bite-sized, teacher-selected, and teacher-driven. With on-demand sessions, lesson demonstrations, program support, and practical resources, Teacher's Corner lets you choose how you interact with our content. I like to think about it as inspiration on demand. When we think about it in the school year, you start as a fresh slate and you're going to bring your craft into who this class is, who this crowd is. Like, how do you start the new year without any preconditions that could potentially not let you have the optimum experience with those students? Okay, so you're because you're talking to an MC, um, you're getting a lot of metaphors here. Uh, <laughs> but I, yes, I absolutely think of it as a clean slate, um, and I think about it with with what I listen to. You know, if I were the same MC today that I was the first year I started teaching, I would be bored, and and everything that I do, you know, would potentially be boring because I'm not growing and changing. I'm not looking at what I can experience and what I can learn and what I can grow from the, you know, the year before, and then take that to do something different. And then sometimes throughout the year, there will be those, those amazing surprises, something that hits me that I'm like, wow, I wasn't even expecting that, but that opens up a new perspective for me. Uh, that gives me a new goal to shoot for. And sometimes that happens when, like when you listen to music and you're like, oh, this isn't normally something that I would have looked for. But this is this is hitting, you know, I, I, there's something here that I can take and I can use. So I, I try to remain really open. Love that. I mean, embrace who you are, show who you are, be ready, but also be open. You teach fourth grade. Yes. Fourth grade is a pivotal year, right? They are nine Um, They're not double digits or they're going to be close to double digits. Tell teachers, if I'm a first year, fourth grade teacher, Mm -hmm. what do I need to understand about the fourth grader that I may not have learned in a textbook? Oh, that's a fun question. I would say um, fourth grade, I think, is a really perfect balance uh, because they're, from my experience, right? Again, you know, kids are different. You know, kids, uh, some kids may be 10 and have a completely different attitude than what I've experienced with the nine, 10 year olds that I work with. Um, but I found that my kids are really open to having cool, new, fun experiences. And so not everything that I do is going to be a hit right off the bat. But I can take their feedback, you know, and that's one thing that I found is that they will be honest with me when it comes to something that is working for them or something that they think is cool. um, I can always take that feedback and then I can run back and I can try to make it better. But yeah, I find that fourth graders are really open to things like, you know, I use puppets in the classroom and I've had like my kids will still ask me to do specific puppets and specific voices. I still love read alouds where I can change my voice and inhabit every character. 
Um, and they're right there with me. And then I just make sure that I give them the chance to do the same thing too. So I would say don't look at fourth graders as if they're, they're thinking they're too cool because they're going to go to middle school soon. But also don't look at them as if they're you know, too young and you need to baby them. Um, they're kind of like at this really cool sweet spot. So open it up and have fun. Do you have a favorite read aloud or how do you approach the read aloud that you do first? Oh my gosh. These, these are like my favorite things to talk about. Um, I love back to school. Back to school (laughs) is one of my favorite times of year. Yes. Um, One of my favorite read alouds is by uh, Christopher Myers and it's a book called Wings. Uh, And it's about, do you know Wings? Totally no wings. Oh, I love it. I I'm love already, it. I'm totally picturing the illustrations in yes. that book. Right? Um, it is, uh, it's, you know, it's a short read, but it speaks to a kid who's new at school. So it's, it's great for back to school. We use it when we're coming up with our class commitments, where we talk about what values do we want to see and do we want to practice in class. And, you know, we look at how the characters are behaving here. You even look at the way that the teacher behaves toward the student and it gives students a chance to think, oh, is that's not how I would want my teacher to behave towards me. You know, there's the narrator in the book becomes a pivotal character. And it's like, how would you speak up for someone else? So that is one of my all time favorites. I've used that since I taught second grade, you know, a million years ago. And I use it with my fourth graders every year, too. And then I do have to shout out one of the novels that I've been including every year, which is The Last Last Day of Summer, Lamar Giles. Um, Just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant use of literary skills like idioms and the way that he brings idioms to life, the characters that he chooses. He's got two genius sleuth black boys and it is sci-fi adventure. It is fantastic. So those are my two go-tos that I start every year with. I love that book. You know, you and I are friends. We have so many things in common and I, we also, you know, stretch each other and challenge each other. Yes, um, thank you. I, ha- I, I always want to thank Tony that if you and I had were teaching in the same building, we totally would be teacher besties. Oh my gosh, it'd be a wrap, Noelle. I it would know. Be, <laughs> be crazy. I feel like my room Ooh. must be right next to his. We have to have a <laughs> sharing door. But there's people that you know. There's teachers that you know. And, and I say teacher bestie all the time. And you have to have your crew to bring it back to emceeing. Yep. And your crew cannot all be like replicas of you. It, you have to have diversity and, and thought and experience. So Tony, as you think about school starting and first year teachers walking into the building, what's your advice and how do you encourage teachers to find their team? That's a really interesting question. Um, I know that, you know, some people are placed on teams, right? You know, I love my fourth grade team. We have, you know, one of the teachers just came on this year, but we have been been clicking and it has been awesome, you know, and, and we get together and we're able to share our ideas. We're able to share our concerns and, you know, we're able to, to be honest with each other about things that are working and things that aren't. Uh, but there's also teams, there's also like different ways you can make teams. So I have teams of people that I work with that maybe we just talk about 
certain issues that are going on in the community or in the school. You know, and that's that's another team that's really, really important for me. But I might have different conversations with them and my academic team. Um, so yeah, I, I would say again, being open, being open to to share with people, being open to, you know, to be honest and have people be honest with you. I think that's one of the best ways that you're gonna find to to really connect. You know, and if you're not ready for that, if you're not ready for some of those connections, then it's understandable. Um, but, you know, give yourself that time. If you need a little bit more time to open up, cool. You know, maybe you found one person to connect with and that's what's working for you. Um, also, you know, we're talking about like in the physical building, but there's also huge learning communities online and on the different social channels. So, you know, Teacher's Corner, it is live. (laughs) It is an amazing community. And you'll find folks that may not be next door to you, but they're as close as your phone, you know, if you want to jump in the group. So, yeah, I I think that it is extremely important. Thanks, Tony. I I mean, I'm smiling because I love that you just gave Teacher's Corner a shout out. I think it's just, again, part of why I love what I get to do and where I am in education. And I love every teacher conversation I have. And I love back to school because it is probably the time of year I miss having my own classroom the most and the, the setup and all of that. What is your favorite part of your classroom? Well, I should say, do you have a favorite part of your classroom? And if you do, what is it? Can you describe it to us? Oh, Okay, so physically, I'm going to say the area, it's kind of like our gathering spot. We have a kind of like an interactive board there, but it's where, you know, we meet as a group. It's where we do our community circles, whether I'm calling it or the students are. It's where we do read-alouds. It's where they, you know, do do some turn and talk and group work. I love that spot, you know, and it's, you know, we, we work all over the room, but I love being able to come together and have that spot where we're all in the same spot physically. That's, that's my favorite spot. Last episode, everybody, if you go back and listen, I asked Tony, what's his favorite walk-up song? He said, oh, I only get one. And so I said, oh, well, I'll let you have two. <laughs> well, now that you're back on, I get to ask you again. So what's your back-to-school walk-up song for 2023? Oh, okay. That's good. Um, I'm going to use this to uh, to big up one of my favorite and like biggest inspirations as an artist, and that is Lauren Hill. Um, and Lauren Hill, everything is everything like that puts me in the right frame of mind, just that phrase itself. But then you hear like the chords come in the bump, 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 bump. I'm telling like, if you go ahead and you listen to that, like it, it, it gets you going like right away. And then it's, it's just a mantra. So everything is everything by Lauren Hill. If I was still setting up my classroom, Tony, and I just listened and heard that advice, that would be the theme coming into my classroom. I'd want students to know everything is everything. Yep. What is meant to be will be. Exactly. Thank you again for another great conversation. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was the bomb. You're the best, Noel. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Teachers in America podcast, please email us at shaped at hmhco.com. Be the first to hear new episodes of Teachers in America by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If you enjoyed today's show, please rate, review, and share it with your network. You can find the transcript of this episode on our Shape blog by visiting hmhco.com forward slash shaped. The link is in the show notes. The Teachers in America podcast is a production of HMH. Executive producers are Christine Condon and Tim Lee. Editorial direction is by Christine Condon. It is creatively directed and audio engineered by Tim Lee. Our producer and editor is Jennifer Carujo. Production designers are Mia Fry and Thomas Velazquez. Shape blog post editors for the podcast are Christine Condon, Jennifer Carujo, and Alicia Ivory. Thanks again for listening.